Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Adrian Gostick and Chester Elton, authors of the book All In, How the Best Managers Create a Culture of Belief and Drive Big Results, as well as several other books. They are co-founders of The Culture Works, a consulting firm that focuses on consulting and training in recognition, teamwork, and culture. The two will be leading a general session at the 2017 MGMA Annual Conference in Anaheim, California, taking place October 8th through 11th. Adrian and Chester are here with us today to talk about the importance of culture in an organization and steps you can take to change your organization's culture. Thanks for joining me. Delighted to be here. Thanks, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, So first, let's talk a little bit about what culture means, especially in the context of a company or an organization. Great. This is Adrian, um, and we'll identify ourselves a little bit here as we get rolling. But yeah, thank you. But really, culture is so foundational. Um, when you when you think about a medical practice, uh, really there are, in the eyes of a consumer, there are only so many differentiators for us. Um, you know, do we trust the medical practitioners there? Are we treated kindly when we come through the door? Do they know us? Do they? And and how does all that happen? Well, it happens with when practice administrators take the time to really engage their people and to build a great culture. You know, we probably all walked in to say a restaurant in the same restaurant chain and you walk in the door of one restaurant and, and everything's just firing all cylinders and people are happy and they're greeting you and you walk in another you know restaurant in the next town over and you think you've walked into another world and you know, nobody really cares people are just punching the clock well what's the difference the difference is culture no question you know this is uh, chester and you know i think adrian really hit, hit on it there you know culture is an emotional thing You know, you walk in, you can feel it. It's are your employees emotionally engaged around your mission, vision and value of, you know, giving that great caring service really focused on getting people well. Um, It's it's an emotional thing. It's a foundational thing. And because of that, it's it's fairly hard to execute. Yeah. Um, And so I think you sort of touch on it just in um, describing what culture means, but why is it so important? What is why what difference does it make if you have a good culture versus you know, or one culture versus another? Yeah, Chester here again. And I I, I just want to say, look, it's one of the few differentiators left. You know, product services can be replicated locations, um, but culture because it is so foundational, that's really hard to replicate and why it's such a big differentiator. Adrian? Yeah, you know, and this, you know, we've been studying now culture for the last 20 years. We've we've worked with a lot of big healthcare organizations as well as banks and manufacturing organizations. And a lot of times people in healthcare will say, no, no, we're very different in healthcare. Well, you you know, people are very different and, you know, different kind of delivery, but still you're trying to create a culture. And it doesn't matter what kind of organization or business you're running. You still have to realize that this is what's foundational. This is what differentiates you from, from competitors. So this is what we'll be speaking about. You know, the conference is really showing our research. 20 years now we've been doing this, more than 850,000 people research. And we'll be showing some of those core characteristics that, want, that make a great organizational culture. Yeah, I always I always love that, uh, you know, just to piggyback on Adrian. People say, oh, we're so different. We're so unique. And I would say, do you have people working for you? Do you have customers? <laughs> if you've got those two things, it's, it's pretty much going to work for you. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Um, so what does a good organizational culture look like? What, what are some of the traits that you would you see and say, oh yeah, that's a good organizational culture? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question. It's Adrian again here. And again, with, with these 850,000 people we've studied, um, we have hundreds of thousands of people in healthcare in our, in our database. And so we've got a really good idea after all these years of what organizational cultures are really positive in the healthcare world. Um, and what we find is that in the best cultures, people in those cultures are engaged. So your employees are engaged, which means that they're really attached to the organization and really believe in your mission, your vision, your values, et cetera. And we think, oh, in healthcare, everybody's engaged. No, they're not. Unfortunately, we found in healthcare about a quarter of employees are disengaged. Um, and, and that's frightening when they're taking care of the patients walking through the door and their families. The second thing we found in great cultures after they're engaged is that people are enabled, which means they're supported. They have the right training, the right tools, the right equipment at their disposal, but they're also empowered. And, and the, the strongest correlator to enablement is supported. And the third E in we found in great organizations is that people are energized. Um, they're excited to go into work. They're not just punching the clock. They're actually walking through the door feeling like they're making difference, that they've got a great purpose at work and that they feel like, you know, the world is a better place because of their eight or nine or 10 hours they've put into this. Yeah. Um, do you see any specific traits of a good culture that are maybe specific to healthcare or something that, uh, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about, well, healthcare is not necessarily that different, but are there any, um, differences that you do notice? Absolutely. You know, we do because we do have a lot of cl our clients who are in healthcare, And so as Jester says, look, people are people and and they're going to be uh, engaged in the same similar ways. Now, with that said, we do find some some uniquenesses with with uh, um, healthcare organizations that maybe we don't see elsewhere. You know, maybe uh, maybe maybe the uh, you know, the customer focus is is something that, you know, in healthcare we need to work a little bit more because in many healthcare organizations we go into, um, oftentimes the staff feels the, the doctor or the physician is, is the customer. If the physician's happy, then everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize, no, it's the person on the exam table. That's the, that's the customer. And we really have to focus on that person. And, yeah, we've got to make sure we're following the doctor's orders, but not to the exclusion of this person who is nervous and, 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 and worried. And so there are definitely some things we see in healthcare. Chester, what would you add with, with what we see with our healthcare clients? Yeah, well, you know, I, I love the saying there that everybody believes what they do matters and they make a difference. And then, you know, we, we always add to that. And when they make a difference, somebody noticed it and celebrated. That whole idea of everybody is engaged, enabled, and energized. I, I love, too, about, you know, it's not just what we do and how we do it. We spend a lot of time on that in healthcare because it's so regulated. You know, there's so many boxes you have to check and so many signatures you have to get and insurance and so on. But when you get to that why, you know, why are we really here? You know, we're trying to make people well again. We're trying to give them back to their families. I think when, when you can keep the focus on that, that's really the sign of a really healthy and engaged culture. Does that make sense, Shannon? Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Um, so who in an organization can, can affect the culture of that organization? Well, one of the things we say is that 
First off, culture is built by, in your case, it's built by the practice administrators. It really is. And, the, you know, the physicians, the, the people who are, who are leading this team, you know, maybe you have a nurse supervisor, maybe there's a, an office administrator. You know, the leaders of the organization are the leaders of the culture. Now, with that said, everybody within an organization affects culture. Um, one of the one of the things, you know, for, for instance, you know, if I if I took my son when his when he was young to uh, Disneyland and we're you know we're riding the Jungle Cruise and uh, the, the cruise operator is is disconnected, he's checking his phone, he doesn't really want to be there. I end up leaving thinking, oh, Disney's got a lousy culture. Uh, no matter what happens the rest of the day. And so one of the things that we find in great cultures is that this comes all the way down to the people greeting you at the door. And so in a, in, a, in a medical practice, it's the person greeting you at the door. Are they engaged? Do they know me? Do they care? Are they making me feel accepted and warm, uh, et cetera? And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's really got to be owned by everybody within the, uh, the team. Absolutely. You know, Chester chiming in here. I'm, I'm always amazed at how uh, certain people along the touch points for your customers can, can wreck the whole experience. You know, we, we've all called in and, and tried to get tech help, or we've all called in, tried to get a hold of our insurance people. And even though, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we may say, well, that's not, you know, a leader, that's not a VP, that's not the, the president who really, you know, structures the culture. But unless everybody along that touch point, everybody along that communication chain, if they're not all engaged, any one of them can wreck your culture. And that's why, you know, I think this is such a good question. Everybody can affect the culture positively or negatively to either really enhance the experience for your patients and customers or, or to destroy it. That's why this idea of, you know, constant communication and do we really understand why we're coming to work every day is so very important. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm, definitely. For listeners out there who are trying to maybe evaluate their, their organization's culture, what are some of the signs that they may want to actually do some, make some changes? You know, one of the things that we, we notice, you know, we work sometimes with a, larger, a lot of larger organizations where they've done an organizational survey and they bring us in because they have uh, horrible uh, survey results. People don't feel trust. They don't, they don't feel like they're communicated with. They don't feel recognized. Now, within a smaller practice, oftentimes you can do this yourself. If you're a practice administrator, you can do an organizational uh, kind of a, a touch point, if you will. Kind of first off, one of the questions you might ask your, your people is, you know, why, why exactly do you think we come in every day? What do you think our purpose here is in our practice? And if you get pretty much if you have 10 people and you get 10 the same answers then then you're doing pretty well chances are you're going to hear 10 different things and that's probably a concern because we should have a very clear why a very clear um, a very clear mission. Uh, another one to think about is, is you know, do we challenge each other? Do we, do we have open and honest discussions? So think back to when was the last time somebody challenged you as maybe as the practice administrator and said, you know, this way we're doing this, this process isn't working. If, if it's been a long time since somebody's really challenged you, you may not have a very open and transparent culture. Probably the last question yeah. I would ask, maybe is something around recognition. Jess, what would you think on that? 
Yeah, it was, you know, have you been recognized in the last seven days? Do you feel appreciated at work? You know, do you feel like what you did was valued to the point where somebody stopped and, and, and said something? I mean, we, we talk about, you know, the positive workplaces are more productive and more profitable. And that ratio is generally five to one, you know, five positive interactions to every negative interaction. So that's that's a very telling um indicator as well. And even more simple, are people showing up late and leaving early? You know, uh, just what is the general feel of the of the business when you come in? Are people chatting with each other? Are they laughing? Are they engaged? Uh, you know, even, even things as silly as did somebody bring in some treats or donuts or home-baked goods? Those are all indicators of healthy or unhealthy. I, I really do think when people start showing up late or they don't call when they can't come in and people are left in the lurch, that's that's a very telling uh, indicator that maybe your culture isn't where it should be. Great. So then if an administrator um, sees that maybe they need to make some changes, what are some of the first steps that they can take to start you know, making those um transitions. Yeah, I mean, Chester here, again, I, I, I think what Adrian remarked on earlier is key, just having the conversation, setting aside the time to ask the questions, you know, um, do you feel like you made a difference today? We love asking the question when you have these little one-on-ones is, uh, tell me about a time when you really felt like we were really, you know, firing on all cylinders, when the day just kind of blew by and you skipped home from work. What, what did that day look like? You know, how did you feel? What were some of the elements that contributed to that? And, 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 and opening that communication. What we find is when cultures start to turn toxic is when communication for one reason or another has kind of shut down. It's a transition in leadership. It's maybe you've moved your office. You've, you've, you've gone on to new plans or new computer systems or whatever it might be. You know, keep the conversation open. Keep asking those open-ended questions about how do you feel about our work? How do you feel about we're making a difference? Is there anything we've done that's maybe caused you to be a little less excited about work? And as Adrian mentioned, challenging. What can we be doing that's better? You know, what can we do to improve? Adrian, what, you know, what, what would you add to that? You know, I think you know that's that's really is the is the is the starting point is opening up this conversation, um, and every leader would you know when we sit down with any leader you know whether it's a small organization you know medical practice all the way up to a large organization we can sit typically sit down and and the challenges are pretty much at their fingertips you know they're not struggling I don't know what's wrong no they go you know accountability we're just too nice around here or they say yeah we just are so busy we never Never recognize each other, or we don't communicate. Um, you know, pretty much. You know, you're sitting right now. If you're listening to this, you're you're thinking, oh yeah, yeah. You know, what my three challenges, biggest challenges are they're this, this, and this. And so, you know, what we're, in our session, we're going to go through some of these ideas. But really, the big idea, the biggest, uh, you know, takeaway from this, I think, is that you sit down with your people and say, you know, we are not communicating very effectively right now. What's preventing us from it? And your people have a lot of the answers. You know, the worst thing a manager can do or an administrator can do is think that they have to have all the answers. A little vulnerability will go a long way. That's really great advice. So in making these kinds of cultural changes, what are some of the the tips or the important things for people to know about the process overall? Things that, yeah. um, you know, they should be aware of. 
Yeah, and and that's that's you know it's a good point. Is that you know what simple things can I do? And, and really, you know, the point is don't get overwhelmed by this. Don't feel like you got to change forty three things tomorrow. Um, really, take on one thing at a time. Say, hey, this month, let's find ways to recognize each other a little bit more. And every day I'm going to send out an email at the end of the day saying what great thing I saw today and who did it and why it was so great and why it fit into our values. And, you know, maybe next month we'll work on really refining what our purpose is here. Uh, Maybe the next month we'll focus on, uh, you know, maybe figuring out some career pathing for our people or whatever it is. You don't have to do everything at once. So, you know, focus on one thing at a time, start to do it better and make inculcate it, you know, make it part of your, your team culture. Yeah. And I would just add to that, you know, as you start doing it, talk to your people and say, Hey, how are we doing? You know, we focused on this for a month. Did it make a difference? Are we making progress? Are we ready to move on to the next one? And, you know, try to intersperse it with some fun things. I mean, if you get to where you want to be, hey, celebrate that success. You know, maybe take everybody um, after work uh, to a, a, a fun pizza place or something. Find ways to to celebrate little wins along the way. And, uh, you know, I, I love that suggestion from Adrian. Let's just take it one at a time, understanding that we maybe have several things we want to address But if we try to do them all at once, we'll be overwhelmed. Let's just do it one at a time. And when we have success, hey, let's party. Make it fun. Yeah, that's great. Um, So one thing that um, many of our listeners might might be thinking about is, hey, I think we need to make a cultural change. But how do I convince my physician leader or, you know, maybe some other partners or executive team members that that is something that we need to do? This is such a great question um, because you're right. You know, the practice administrator may be saying, look, you know, logically, this just makes sense. And yet the (laughs) physician leader or or somebody else on the executive uh, side may say, you know, this in the grand scheme of thing, it's taking care of patients. That's how we'll be successful. Let's just focus on that and quit worrying about our people. And you know what it's like when you lose a good person, though. Um, you know, maybe you have that just really friendly, uh, very caring, you know, office administrator or or the person on the reception desk. And you know how long it can take to replace somebody good. Well, that's what happens. You lose people when you don't focus on culture. You know, there's a service profit chain that starts with your people, that goes to your customers, that goes to your your, you know, the bottom line. You know, we always say, you know, the customer experience will never exceed the employee experience. And so really it comes down to convincing the executives. It comes down to the idea of you got to almost treat it like a, you know, you're, you're making a case here. You present the, the, the data, you, you give it a try, you know, and you also help them set them up for success. Um, you know, if maybe your physician leader isn't very warm and fuzzy, then help them. You know, set him or her up with, you know, a little award to present to one of the employees who hasn't been recognized in a while and let the physician have that experience and see what it feels like and get that kind of reaction from the employees of, wow, that felt really good coming from from my physician leader. Chess, what would you add? Well, I would add to, you know, stories and case studies are very powerful. You know, find some examples of other groups that have gone through a cultural shift or have incorporated and, and how it's made not only the workplace better, but it's, it's increased, you know, patient care and it's, it's, it's made the practice more profitable. You know, it's one thing to maybe cite 
um, you know, Gallup or um, Harvard School of Business. But if you can cite another practice, and that's why I think these conferences are so wonderful, because you can come together and in person, you can share best practices and share those stories and have some some people that you can actually call that are specific to your industry and how they've done it. I think you can build a case there. And then if all else fails, you know, um, just threaten to quit. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Chester comes from New Jersey, you know, so he knows he knows a guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. You don't do it, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, we've covered a lot of really great um, advice and information. Is there anything you guys would want to add and make sure people know about um, organizational culture and how to make those changes? You know, one thing we found over the years is it's been really fun to to have people kind of you know send us a note after you know a few months after our presentation said hey I've been doing this it's really changing our practice or our or our organization but what's really fun too is to have people send us a note back a week or or a month or or, or a year later and say. I tried this with my family too, uh, with my kids, with my spouse, my partner, whoever, and boy, it's it's made our my my home life so much better too. So that's been kind of fun just to see the the residual effects there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we spend all this time doing all this research on how to make the workplace better. Uh, don't forget to take it home. You know, those are the people that mean the most to us. And you know, are we do we have open and honest communication? Do we value and engage them? Have we talked about you know what's important to our family? So yeah, don't don't forget that. And, you know, why why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you do that as well? Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you, Adrian and Chester, for taking the time to talk with us today. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, Shannon. You bet. It's been a pleasure. For more information about how you can change the culture in your organization, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we go, I just wanted to ask you to help us out by taking a short survey. Your feedback will help us improve the podcast and make sure we are covering the topics you care about. To take the survey, please visit mgma.org slash podcast survey. Thanks for your help. <laughs>